Hello, you're listening to the Thrive Podcast, where we explore how people are working with water, land and ecosystems to make a sustainable food future. I'm Beat Mutiaba. Today we travel to Paris with filmmaker Doug Vachel, who joined the Global Landscapes Forum, or GLF, in December. The GLF is a major side event of the UN's climate change negotiations and looks at how we can better manage our landscapes to cope with an uncertain future. Doug was curious to learn what people at GLF thought about the new UN Sustainable Development Goals and their implementation, which will begin in earnest this year. I'm here in Paris, France, attending the Global Landscape Forum, one of the largest parallel events during COP21, the UN's climate negotiations. The Global Landscape Forum bills itself as one of the world's leading platforms for discussing land use issues. WLE, the CGIAR research program on water, land, and ecosystems is playing a coordinating role in these discussions. With an impressive 3,000 plus people attending, it's being held at the Palais des Congrès, a really big place. My mission for this Thrive podcast is to discover if researchers know about the recently adopted UN Sustainable Development Goals, the SDGs, and if they do, are they beginning to incorporate them into their research? In essence, what's their thinking about them, if any? But first, a little background on the Sustainable Development Goals. In September 2015, the world's heads of state came together at the United Nations and unanimously adopted 17 Sustainable Development Goals with 169 targets to replace the Millennium Development Goals. The SDGs come into effect on January 1, 2016 and will guide most development plans for the next 15 years. According to the UN, they envision a world free of poverty, hunger, disease and want where all can thrive in a sustainable manner. Sound like a good plan? Cut back to Paris and the Global Landscape Forum. Uh, my name is Esther Maura Moiru and I come from Kenya. I work with an organization called Groots Kenya. Esther's organization, Groots Kenya, is a network of women's self-help and community groups whose objective is to ensure that women are masters of their own destiny through their direct participation in decision-making processes. The purpose of these groups is to build a platform where they can assess their own knowledge, analyze their own knowledge, and be able to explore opportunities for influence as a collective. Esther is also a big fan of the SDGs. SDGs are very important because sustainable development goals are goals that have been developed by global leaders. But the way they were developed this time, unlike the Millennium Development Goals, they had a very wide consultative process. Professional in many areas of work that came together and agreed on a global aspiration of what we want to see. Now when they become a global commitment, you're going to see our own local policies 
uh, aligned to those global agreed 169 targets and 17 goals. So you cannot run away from it. With the Sustainable Development Goals coming online soon, I then asked Esther how groups would be engaging in the SDG process itself. What we are doing now, Groups Kenya is spending a lot of time to unpack the content of the Sustainable Development Goals. For example, we supported the women to celebrate the World AIDS Day, other than just them telling us what they have contributed in dealing with HIV and AIDS, we try to help them look at the sustainable development goals and look what were the commitments made in terms of HIV. So that way, you take the opportunity to make sure that the communities are aware of the content of these sustainable development goals. But Esther also cautions that the new SDGs have to be viewed in the context of the work that is already being done on the ground. As communities, we are very cognizant that we cannot stop what we've been doing and pick new goals and targets and start working with them. It's very important, for example, a continent like Africa, where we have spent so much energy to develop a 50-year vision, the 2063 vision, that it is not replaced by the Sustainable Development Goals. So the idea of making sure that we are conscious that there are already other things happening on the ground and that the Sustainable Development Goals only come to strengthen is so valuable for us. The gains that we have made in search for new policies and legal frameworks. Esther and Groots Kenya is a terrific example of one African grassroots organization that is clearly embracing SDGs and exploring how they can be integrated into ongoing projects and programs. Dr. Jeff Sayer has been working in forest and nature conservation throughout the tropics most of his life and currently runs a graduate development program at the James Cook University aimed at students from developing countries. It's a very practically oriented thing. We spend a lot of time in the field dealing with difficult development issues and we use this concept of landscapes to frame the work that we do and the teaching that we do. As the term landscapes is rather a big framing idea, and SDG 15 focuses on land and ecosystems, I asked Jeff to give me a more concrete definition, including how the SDGs fit into it. Well, I think the whole point about the landscape concept is that it's where all these things come together. So that's the richness, the value of the concept. So we actually have a definition of a landscape approach, which if I can remember it, is that it's a long-term negotiated process which brings together people living in a geographical space to resolve their differences and work out ways in which conflicting uses of the land can be resolved to achieve sustainable development and minimize the losses and maximize the gains for the people there. And the sustainable development goals? The SDGs are simply capturing all the things that we were already doing and, and giving some international impetus to achieving them. So they're not breaking any new ground, they're, they're basically the things we already knew we had to do. Which of the SDGs are you most interested in? The ones I'm most interested in are the things to do with forests and the things to do with agriculture. And the big issue is that we've got two billion people who are severely undernourished, poor, 
So you have to have economic growth occurring in these landscapes, and the SDGs, I think, recognize that. It has to be equitable growth. So I think what is new in the SDGs is the notion of equity. But there's a huge problem that we have growing economies pretty much everywhere, but they're growing for the rich and they're not growing for the poor. So you can make the landscape really rich by just handing it over to a big company to plant oil palms. But that doesn't meet the SDGs. That doesn't do all the things you want to do. So what you're saying is that if the SDGs are incorporated into a landscape approach, they might actually do some good. There will be questions about to what extent those SDGs really have an impact on the ground. People will sort of retrofit what they're doing. To, you can find anything in there. You can, there's not much you would want to do that you couldn't fit into those SDGs somewhere. There are no silver bullet solutions. It's going to be very difficult. It's going to be very locally specific. And it's, it's about sustainable economic growth with equity. And that seems to be the one thing that's difficult to achieve. So the fact that you have this equity thing in the SDGs is good. Thanking Jeff for his insights, I wander off down the corridor thinking about the idea that there are no silver bullet solutions for sustainable development and run right into Jadish Rao. Jadish is from India. I basically work on common property rights with about 10,000 villages. We are one of the big fat NGOs in India working on land and forests and water related issues for the last 20-30 years and it's reached some scale. Wow, that's a lot of people. <laughs> that's a lot so of you, people. So any specific area? We are quite, kind of spread out. We are in eight of the 26 states from Rajasthan, Gujarat, Madhya Pradesh, Maharashtra, Andhra, Karnataka, Orissa and even Nagaland more recently. So you've been in this business a long time. This has been my only job. I've never changed jobs <laughs> for 30 years. <laughs> I then asked Jadish why he was here in Paris at the Global Landscape Forum. There's one uh, particular issue that I'm really interested in. I'm glad that land tenure has become an important issue. Firstly, land has become an important issue, and then land tenure has become an important issue. My particular entry point into this whole uh, thing is, when the land tenure is being discussed, I would not like it to be going off only into the individual tenure, because particularly rural societies depend upon pastures, forests, water bodies, which are basically collective resources, shared resources. And it is only in managing it in, in an equable manner uh, that they all tend to benefit. If you try to individualize it, then some people who are more capable of accessing those resources would see to it that the lesser people are marginalized. So how do you stop this marginalization from happening? More laws, education, enforcement, what? There has been one mainstream belief, which has been there for 30, 40 years. There is very poor faith in the capacities of rural people. Governments do not believe that rural people can manage their own affairs. So either they centralize governance and management, or they individualize it. We are saying that rural areas, as well as urban areas, majority of our life we govern on our own. But as a society, we interact with one another. And it is in this collective uh, discussion and debates that we actually tend to live like a human being, a true human being, caring for one another. Now, that space is something that we want to build. That's called the commons paradigm. Community life has to be showcased. So my entry point into this whole landscape discussion is when we conceive arrangements 
which are state managed, government managed, or individual managed. There should also be spaces, particularly forest pastures, knowledge about how to manage them, seed, which are all have to be in the realm of communities, not just individuals or governments. I then asked about the commons and climate change. Well, that's the biggest thing. We all share air, we all share the oceans. This is a global commons. What happens at the village level in managing shared resources? The basic principles are the same at a global level also. If instead of an individual in a village, if you think that it is a nation state, just substitute it, then it is a global village. And the principles that are successful in village commons should be the fundamental building blocks for discussions around this common and differentiated responsibilities. And then it's time for my trick question. Jadish, how many SDGs are there? Last time it was 17, did they make any changes? <laughs> and can you name them? No, I can't name them, but everything that could possibly thought about is there. <laughs> They're all there, so no one is unhappy, everyone is happy. Interestingly, as I wander along and talk to more researchers, some expressed caution that care should be taken on how the SDGs are implemented. Deborah Basio is the Director of Soils Research at the International Center of Tropical Agriculture. I also direct a flagship in the Waterland Ecosystem Program on restoration of degraded agroecosystems. So what I actually do is lead a research group that's looking at all the different sides of the issue for restoring degraded lands and soils. Depper and her team work in East and West Africa, Latin America, Central America, and some in Asia, so she gets around, and the SDGs are an important part of her research. My work is strongly connected because soils and land show up across a whole host of the SDGs, from food to clean water to terrestrial ecosystems to land degradation neutrality and even energy. And one of the issues with the SDGs that we see when you look at from a perspective of soils is the importance of integrating the different SDG goals under sort of more unified frameworks for people because if you look at all of them separately, they're actually competing with each other for land. You want more bioenergy, you need more land for that. You want to double food production, you need more land for that. But you want to save terrestrial ecosystems and you want to stop land degradation. So, you, so the, they're actually competing agendas in the different SDGs when you think about land. So unless people can put them into a bit more of a, 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 a unified framework, like we're talking about here at the Global Landscape Forum, it's going to be pretty hard to achieve all of the goals. In closing, I asked her whether she thought the Sustainable Development Goals were something good or not so good. She was rather upbeat. I, I'm riding on this wave of optimism. They're brand new. They're the first time ever that we've had a global sort of agreement about sustainability. So you have to, you have to love that. You have to get behind it. It's not the time now to say whether they're good or bad or indifferent. We, we, if they don't work in the end, after 10 years, we can look back. But right now, I, I am optimistic. It's late now. Paris, the city of lights, is brightening up for the evening and the Global Landscape Forum winding down from the day. Reflecting on my mission, it's clear the Sustainable Development Goals are providing a common framework for people to work under. 
Many are excited that SDGs apply to everybody, every country, developing and developed, north and south. Others really like the idea that they include sustainability along with equitability. And some express caution as well. You can't simply throw out existing work on the ground and adopt new goals and standards without some accommodation being made. Clearly work needs to be done to ensure cooperation across sectors. And this is where concepts like landscapes and ecosystem services play an important role, working to make sure SDG implementation is inclusive and holistic. Thanks to Doug Vachel for producing this podcast, and to Esther Moura, Jeff Sayer, Jagdesh Rao, and Deborah Bosio for their contributions. To learn more about the SDGs or the various organizations you heard about in this episode, visit our website at wle.cgiar.org thrive. You can also leave a comment for us there or tweet at us using hashtag thrivepodcast and let us know what you think about the SDGs and their implementation. Subscribe to the Thrive Podcast on iTunes and get new episodes automatically. The Thrive Podcast is produced by the CGIAR Research Program on Water, Land and Ecosystems. Thanks for listening.